Hey guys, my name's Adam. I'm the head coach at Copper State Fit. Our purpose is to educate, entertain, and inspire you to lead a fit and healthy lifestyle. We hope that by sharing our clients' stories and providing you with tools, tips, and information that you can apply, that you'll seize the opportunity by turning thought into action. Stick around till the end and we'll provide you with the next steps that you can take along with helpful links in the show notes. That said, thank you in advance for listening and enjoy the show. We're on. Ryan, welcome. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. Ladies and gents, we got Ryan Talbot here as our guest today on the CSF podcast. Uh, Ryan, it's been a long time coming, man. I've, I've wanted to get you on here for a bit. I mean, I think it was a few months ago we posted your transformation uh, on our website. And yeah, at, from the minute I was seeing you go through that process, I was like, I knew I wanted to get you on here because I think a picture is worth a thousand words, but hearing some of the story from your own side or your own perspective is going to be really big. So that being said, I got to tell you, I, I think you would probably go with the honor of so far, at least the best male CSF transformation brother. So congrats on that. And thanks for being on today. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's uh, I'm excited because people ask, you know, they just see the before and after and they're like, Oh, do you follow some funny diet or whatever it may be? And so it's nice to, that you have a resource like this where I can be like, well, if you want to hear all about it, like, yeah, go listen. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, first and foremost, man, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from. I know you're fairly new to AZ, but give the listeners a little bit of understanding of where you're coming from. Yeah, so I am originally uh, from Florida. I tell people I'm from Florida. I was born in Indiana, but we moved when I was so young that I lived in Florida for 28 years uh, with my wife. Uh, we met in college. We met when we were freshmen in college. Um, started to get into physical fitness a little bit uh, post-college. Nothing physical fitness related at all while we were in college. Um, and... Uh, really kind of found our faith after college. Um, and, uh, my in-laws, uh, are pastors and they uh, had the opportunity to, to plant a church here in East Mesa. And, uh, it was just kind of a unique time in the life of, uh, me and my family and the opening and the way that it all kind of presented itself. Um, so yeah, last July, so July, 2019, uh, we, left Florida, packed up everything, moved here to the East Valley. We knew two other people, my sister's, my wife's sister and her husband. Um, and so we've been here for a little over a year now. And it's crazy just in that short amount of time, we always joke that the community we have here is just far better than we could have ever imagined compared to what we had in Florida. And it's just crazy how that happens so fast. That's great, man. I feel like from the time that I've known you, you guys have integrated quite well, you know, and I think a lot of that being, again, the, the church community, you know, CrossFit community, I mean, all these community-based things, I'm sure you guys met a lot of people real quick, but you came here in July, dude, like probably the worst time. Did you, did you at least come out here beforehand to see what it was like in some of the cooler months? So I've actually been coming out here for a long time. So right. um, up until COVID, my mom actually worked in, old town Scottsdale since uh, the mid to early 2000s, even though she lives in Florida. So for the past 
13 years, 14 years, she would fly out here at least once a month um, to Scottsdale. And so when I was a little younger, I used to come out here and visit a lot. I mean, I've, pro- I've probably been to Sedona a dozen times before um, we moved here, but my wife had never been here ever okay. <laughs> on the whole state. Uh, and so April, uh, our wedding anniversary, which was kind of, we weren't really telling people back and forth yet. So that was kind of the guise of like, oh, it's our wedding anniversary. We're going to go to Sedona. And so that's when we came out to Phoenix and visited. And it was warm then, um, but not like it is when you, we literally like drove in the U-Haul on July 1. I think it was like 114 that day. So, <laughs> but it was trial by fire. We got through that yeah. first summer and, and we love it. The weather when it's not the summer is amazing and you put up with the heat to deal with it. You bet. Well, what do you, what do you love about Arizona so far? And then... On the flip side, what do you miss about Florida? Uh, so I love it's, you know, when you're in Florida for 28 years, you've done all of the weekend road trips. You've done like Savannah and the beaches and Key West and New Orleans and even up into Tennessee. Everything's kind of like this four to five hour range. Well, 2,500 miles on this side of the country, we've got a, a whole new world. Now it's San Diego and New Mexico and Tahoe and Utah and Colorado. And so, um, you know, we love to be outdoors. We have a Jeep so that we go off-roading and hiking, and um, it's just a different atmosphere. The dry heat, I know it's always like a joke, oh, yeah, but it's a dry heat. <laughs> right, right, right. But the dry heat is way better than the humidity in Florida. Um, I mean, we love our community here more. We love the gym more. I would say the biggest thing I miss is being on the water. Um, okay. In Florida, you are, you just live life on the water. If you're not, especially where we were in central Florida, there's so many lakes that like, if you're not at the beach, you're on the lake, you're at the river, you're at the springs, like life is just done in the water. And it's just kind of like what you do all the time. Whereas I feel like here, it's like a planned activity. Like we are going to Canyon Lake today. We are going to Salt River today. Like it's mm-hmm. not like you're in your buddy's backyard and you're like, Hey, you want to go on the boat for an hour and a half? And it's like, yeah, sure. We got nothing else to do. Like, it's just, uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, that's interesting, man. I got to ask you about that beard. It's, beard. I, I mean, yeah, bro. I think that's what you are notorious for the beard in the hair too, man. And, and first, before we get into that a little bit, I, I got to tell you. So when we did post your uh, transformation, I, I had a former client, young lady, and uh, had to tell her you're taken already. <laughs> she was like, dang, check him out. You guys, he turned himself into a male model. So if she hears this, she knows who I'm talking about, but I won't, I won't rat her out. But talk to me about the beard and, and the hair, man. Uh, yeah, so I th- think I started growing the beard out. Uh, I was thinking about this recently because someone asked me when the last time I was clean shaven was. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say it was like 2016. Um, and so I was a financial advisor in a previous life. Um, mm-hmm. So super clean cut, shaved every day, hair clean cut. Uh, and in 2016 was when I made the career change to become a uh, software developer, uh, which is what I do now. Um, in addition to coaching CrossFit. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, like now I'm a software developer. I don't have to have this clean cut look. Um, so it's been varying lengths. It's actually a little shorter right now. I just like probably took off a few inches uh, and kind of shaped it up. Um, and then the hair, I actually, it's funny. I think the last time I got a haircut was like right before I started working with Copper State Fit. And I don't know why that's like <laughs> the sync up, but I literally, I've had it trimmed like at a salon by like, like a women's cut almost. Where they just kind of cut the, trim the edges, but 
yeah, I've been growing it out basically since I started with Copper Safe Fit. So if you go look at like the original photo, uh-huh. and, you know, even to the progress photo was in May. I mean, now it's a full on just ponytail yeah. back there. It's very yeah. long. You're rocking the the pony in the bag. I could see. For sure. Yeah. So the wife doesn't love it, but she also <laughs> she also didn't love the beard in 2016. I mean, she hated it. She complained about it all the time. And now she loves the beard. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we just like ride it out. Uh, hey, eventually she'll she'll learn to love it. And yeah. you'll, you'll like it eventually. <laughs> or I'll have to chop it all off. Those are the two options on the table. Right, right. Absolutely, man. Well, speaking of... Uh, Annie and, and likes, dislikes. Uh, you got some family news, man. What, what's what's the family news? So, yeah. So we are expecting. Uh, super excited about that. The wife is due with our first child in uh, April, end of April. So wow. we uh, find out the gender in a couple weeks, Thanksgiving weekend. So super pumped that's, about that. That's That's incredible, man. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. I know you guys both uh, have been wanting to be parents. And so congratulations. I, I was uh, an early informed uh, on the news and that was awesome when I heard that. And so congratulations. Um, yeah, man, let's, let's talk a little bit about like, I know you said you're glad now that you have an opportunity to share a little bit more of connecting the pieces between the dots of the before and after. Um, but when, when people see you that maybe saw you before, saw you after, like what's their response and then what is your reply or, or, or what's your feedback to them? Yeah. I mean, the, it's usually some variation of, Oh my gosh, you know, you look great. And I'm like super awkward at receiving like affirmations or compliments anyway. So I'm always like, Ooh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I never really know how to respond to that. And then they're like, Oh, you know, like were you doing some special diet or workout plan or juice cleanse or keto or whatever the latest, trend is and i'm said no i just eat clean healthy food and burn more calories than i take it and it's not rocket science it's the, it's right. simple but it's right difficult. do you find when, that people accept that response at face value do you feel like they're like turned off by the fact that there was not some like magic pill that you took or whatever no i think they accept it but like there's this like dang it like this look of disappointment, like, oh, maybe he cracked the code and there is this secret thing that I just haven't heard about yet. And then it's like, no, you know, it's just a lot of eating clean and, and working hard. And then they're like, oh, yeah, hard work. Yeah, I figured that would work, but like, it's not really for me. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that, man. And I think that's what people don't appreciate is what goes on behind the scenes. It's just, uh, you know, it's kind of like the overnight success stories. And you see these, you know, whatever you artists or or what have you. And they're like, oh, this person just popped up on the scenes and now they're this or that. It's like, man, there's a lot of work going into that. So speaking of work, uh, prior to CSF, what other attempts did you make at losing weight at, at getting more fit and what were the, you know, good, bad, and the ugly of those? Uh, what didn't I attempt? Um, so when I graduated college, uh, in 2011, so nine years now, um, I weighed 335 pounds, uh, and I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day and I don't think I'd worked out since like high school varsity sports. Um, 
And so I start, I quit smoking cold Turkey. Um, kind of just because like, I never really had a good reason. It was just like, Oh, it was just the last pack in the cigarette. It was the last cigarette in the pack in August of 2011. And that was the last cigarette. Like, I don't know. Wow. It was like a mind over matter. Like, let's see how far I can take this. Um, and then I started doing Weight Watchers back when they had the Weight Watchers app and the point. I don't know what the, they may still, but it was like points. And like, mm -hmm. I, I was so overweight at the time. I remember I had my daily point intake for those of you who know how maybe the older weight watchers worked it was like 67 points or something i mean it was like an insane amount of food your average person's like 20 like annie annie was um also trying to lose weight back then and i think she got like a less than half of that um yeah and so i did weight watchers and couch to 5k for six months um, and I lost like 50 pounds. And then from there, it was basically eight years of uh, just a lot of running. Uh, I didn't really find CrossFit until about three or four years later. So the first three or four years, all I did was run. Um, no sort of strength or resistance training whatsoever. Um, and I was a, we did Weight Watchers for a while. And then like this was like paleo before it was like the thing. So like there was no like paleo sauces in the grocery store or anything like that. Like we were reading the labels on everything. We were making barbecue sauce and ketchup from scratch. I mean, it was not uh, as accessible to be paleo mm -hmm. or Whole30 as it is now. And so the paleo ultimately led to uh, stints of Whole30. And there were there were peaks and valleys uh, in 2013, I got down um, into the mid 230s for like a week before mm -hmm. I just I was like, oh, I, I made it. I'm done. It's over. And then the scale started climbing rapidly again. And then in 2017, I did um, I gave up alcohol and did whole 30 for eight and a half months straight. So um, literally super restricted and no alcohol, like uh, like whole 30 to the T for almost eight months. Um, and again, got back down to the mid two thirties and was like, Hey, I did it. I made it. I'm done. Like restriction diets over. Um, and slowly much, a little slower that time, but slowly started climbing and then really started climbing and tried keto. And I have tried macro counting before I tried RP strength, which is like, feels like I'm a bulking cycle. Cause it's so much food, just the way that that system works. Um, mm -hmm. so if it's out there short of like a juice cleanse, I've probably uh, tried it and uh, enough. yeah, been crossfitting through most of that with mild to mediocre success. Um, nothing uh, like my fitness level now, obviously, but um, I did get into coaching uh, about a couple years ago uh, at my last gym. Um, and it was, That's that was cool. always like a, a hard part too, is like, I know you don't have to be fit. Like I always told people like, you don't have to be fit to be a good coach. Like Bill Belichick can't run around like Tom Brady. That doesn't make him a bad coach, but there was something inside me about like not being able to demo certain movements or whatever as a CrossFit coach that always kind of felt offish. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. I mean, uh, you know, just personally, there was a period of time when <clears throat> I was about 50 pounds overweight myself and I was, you know, vice president of a, a multi-million dollar health company and uh, I, I kind of felt that too. I mean, it's like, all right, uh, here I am in a leadership role and supposed to be like somebody who's preaching health and fitness. And I, I don't quite feel that. And, and to your point, yeah, you know, that nothing to say about those 
in that spot. Like you said, it doesn't mean you can't coach or you don't know what you're talking about, but internally, personally, I get where you're coming from with that statement. Um, with that said, I think a lot of people who stumble upon, uh, our website or hear podcasts or hear a little bit, maybe look at our Instagram page. I, I myself do CrossFit, you do CrossFit. A lot of the clients that we work with, just whether they're from CrossFit Insight, who's our partner, or just happen to be someone who does CrossFit. And I think people get the assumption like, oh, everybody that is CSF does CrossFit, which isn't quite the case. And so I, I love to touch a little bit on the fact that, like you said, you had been CrossFitting for several years. You had done several different things. What do you think was the, the key or the difference in this, in your own opinion, with working with CSF that made everything click and finally not just click, but stick. Yeah. I mean, I would honestly, it's the coaching and accountability. I mean, that's what you're paying for. You can Google a macro calculator or a diet plan. Like that's, that stuff's not rocket science. Um, and so it's just, and it doesn't have to be CrossFit. I mean, my wife had a ton of success with you guys and she spent most of the time on a Peloton. So mm -hmm. um, it's not all CrossFit, but I, it's just the accountability. It's, and I guess it's how you respond to that. Like I was never fearful of my weekly call. Um, mm -hmm. I looked forward to it, like good, bad or ugly, whatever the week looked like. It was, you know, I think it's just that growth mindset of like, oh, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from this. Like I was looking forward to those conversations every week. And um, that accountability part like helped me learn. So it wasn't just like, oh, count the stuff on the scale, weigh these oats, do this, like watch the scale move. It was like, especially, and I actually just had a buddy reach out literally today um, and talk kind of just, he's like trying to lose weight and hit a plateau. And I said, mm -hmm. bro, those are the hardest weeks. I'm like that, those weeks when like you do everything perfect for two weeks straight and mm -hmm. for, like in, for whatever reason, the scale doesn't move or your, whatever your version of progress is, doesn't happen when you plateau. Like that's when you need the coach more than anything, just to keep you like, just stick to the plan. You know, we, we know this works. It's worked for you in the past. Like you just have to stick to it. It'll work again. Um, and that's the hardest part in my, in my mind is, is finding those plateaus. And then I would say the changing my mindset from the on off switch to the dial um, has mm. been a big part of our conversations. Just like, like I, like I've talked about just recently here on this podcast, like, you know, it's easy to be like restriction diet, restriction diet, like I can follow a perfect restriction diet. Most people can even for 30 or 60 days, like you've got this goal in mind, you can go and just like know that it's going to suck right now, but turn that switch on and go. And then you hit whatever you think your end line is and you turn the switch off and then you're back where you started. A lot of times people are even worse off than when they started. Um, and so turning that from a switch to a, to a dial, to a dimmer almost and, and knowing, being able to find that balance of like, you know, cause it's been since what may now that um, mm -hmm. I've been in, maintenance for lack of a better term um but just and struggling like i'm not perfect i you know it's it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows but learning um the balance of like living life um and being conscious of making healthy choices that doesn't mean that every single thing i put into my body every day goes on a food scale that just means 
I'm more aware of, you know, after so long, you're aware, one, you can just look at a piece of chicken and know how many grams of protein are in it, which is just kind of a weird thing that happens in your head. But right. two, like, you just kind of know, like, okay, this is what my body needs to fuel. And, you know, if it's a special, like, it's choices here and there, like, of, is this worth it, I guess, to me? Um, mm-hmm you know, and that the motto, you can have anything, but you can't have everything. Like, yes, you can have, you know, if you're obsessed with uh, Skittles and Sour Patch Kids, like I am, like, you can have that on occasion, like, it's not a part of your daily diet. And, you <laughs> right. know, you plan accordingly for that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just learning that it's not like an all or nothing that it's not like this super restricted diet all the time, or, you know, unsupervised six-year-old in the pantry on Halloween. Like there is a middle ground of, of balance. And I would say that's been the biggest thing with the coaching is the accountability and the, the mindset. Yeah. I love that you brought that part up too, about the dial versus the on off. And I think that's the habit that a lot of people as coaches, from my perspective coming in mm-hmm. that I'm looking for and hoping to break, you know, yeah. is, is like, because nobody's perfect. You can be for a short period of time. And and to your point, you have to realize there's a trade-off. You know, it might be a birthday, a holiday, an anniversary, a celebration. And you're like, all right, screw it. You know, we're not tracking weight anything today. We're enjoying ourselves and we get back on. Like, you don't have to be like all in or all out. I'll be the first to admit as a coach myself. I mean, there's some times where I've got two kids. I mean, 12 and 10. And they're like, dad, can we get, you know, some, uh, some pizza? And I'm like... Yeah, it's seven o'clock right now. Uh, yeah, let's go grab a, a quick, you know, hot and ready, you know, and yeah. grab that and we'll go. And it's like, okay, but at the same time, it, it's the balance. So love that, man. Uh, that's a great thing. Are there any old habits that you feel that you found that you had to break or ended up being broken through the process? Um, I'm a big grazer and snacker and just kind of like, I'm also like, grew up in the cleaner plate clubhouse um Mm -hmm. and so uh the biggest thing i had to like mentally focus on was in social gatherings obviously pre-covid when there's Mm -hmm. just like food and people everywhere um if you're if we ever go back to normal and next time whoever's listening to this when you're at a party people gather around the food like look at it notice it like and so when when you're a grazer and you're always gathered around the food table like you're always just like oh a little bit of this a little that a little bit like just kind of picking at it all the time and that adds up so quick you don't even realize it um and so that was the most conscious thing I did um subconsciously like there were other things that we worked on uh like in like that kind of setting or even if we have like a family member over and we make a a dinner or something like it's like make a plate that you know will satisfy you and then just be done Mm -hmm. um that was a huge help um even with the grazing thing like even back when there were you know back to the spread and there's chips and veggies and it's it's not like oh i can only eat the carrots and i can't have any ranch dressing it's like make a plate of a little bit of stuff that you you know will you can enjoy and then walk away and be done with it um and we tried some other stuff that didn't i don't i don't want to say they really stuck just because i'm like so dialed into like what like the the big thing that i remember um trying was the the leave a bite kind of thing so like just leave one bite of everything on the plate when you're done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um just kind of learn to like be satisfied but 
That's I'm a so, good one. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm at this point, even I'm like, I'm eating basically exactly what I need most days um, mm-hmm. when I'm a little more dialed in. So like, there is no leaving a bite behind because <laughs> I know exactly how much protein I'm trying to get in and I need that bite of protein. I've, I've accounted for that. So yeah, yeah. Um, that one didn't stick, but I would say like the, just like making the single plate and no grazing was like probably the biggest thing in social settings for sure. Um, and obviously like it's, it's super easy to be successful when there are no social settings and all the meals are at home for me. At yeah. Least. Yeah. But, <laughs> for, right. Exactly. And for some, it is for yeah. others. It's like, oh man, the pantry's uh, 10 steps away. So, yeah. you know, that put a chain on the door there. Um, can you, do you have in, in your memory, uh, a time through the process working with Dana that maybe you would consider in your own eyes, a failure that maybe you wouldn't have come back from otherwise. Um, I mean, there was a lot, like I was not perfect. Um, I'll never, Dana and I, so our, my wife and I's anniversary is in April. Um, and obviously things were pretty much closed down by then. And so I remember having a discussion with Dana about like what we were going to eat and like, yeah, she was like, yeah, that sounds good. Like just have, you know, until you're satisfied and be done, you know? And I was like, yeah, totally. Like, I'm going to nail this. Like, I think we were get. I don't remember what we had planned on getting. Um, but what we ended up with was I had got, I ate an entire large voodoo fry from Wingstop. If you're here and you know what that is, like with all the fixing those up by myself, I ordered it thinking, oh, Annie will have some off, some will throw it away. No, I ate the whole thing ton of wings from Wingstop because we got all this takeout and, like sat on the couch and watched like six episodes of Ozark um and so I was like drinking beer drinking whiskey tons of wings a large voodoo fry and then we ordered chunk cookies and I had two whole chunk cookies to wow. myself and this is like a month before like even the progress photo that's out in the world like <laughs> this was like I had I had put a lot of work in and I think in the past, like that would have been it. Like that would have just been like, all right, I'm done with this dieting thing. Like, and that would have derailed me, but you know, I was still pretty strict and dialed in at the time. And so I knew that meal was like, it was what it was. Um, and I wasn't going to let it affect me. And I woke up the next day and I went back to my usual routine of just tracking my food and, and making good choices. And, and you can't undo six months of progress in one bad meal unless That's you exactly undo right the mental state yep no that's exactly it man like you know the old adage you know one salad's not going to get you fit and you know one pizza's not going to get you unfit or in this case uh the cookies right yeah. and the wings. but you know i i like to i like to say have the never miss twice mentality right it's mm-hmm. like that that that'll quickly get you back on track i mean if you have a, a meal it wasn't what it was supposed to be Hey, the next one can be good. Or if it was a day, like let's not miss two days. Or if it's a week, let's not miss two weeks, right? But yeah. whatever that needs to be, like the never miss twice mentality. So yeah, and it's crazy. Like you said, you you were practically a month out from your quote unquote after photos, right? That are out yeah. there circulating, and here you are, twenty six miles into this twenty six point two mile marathon. <laughs> And like you said, in the past, that might have derailed you. So that's really yeah, good. In the man. past, I might have been like, well, this is good enough. Like, I feel pretty fit. Like, yeah, I can just go back to doing everything I did exactly before this with none of anything I've taken into account in the past six months and I'll be fine. That that always works out. So, yeah. Um, Talk to me about 
some of the best advice that you think you got from your coach, from Dana? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say that never miss twice was a big one for me early on. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think I had a lot of bad meals over the course of those first eight months, but I don't think I ever had two meals in a row um, that I would have quote unquote indulged or considered mm-hmm. um, bad or however. I, I hate classifying food as good and bad like that, but yeah. like that, yeah. that was not in line with, with what I thought my body needed. Um, and so that was huge the the no on off switch has been life changing because i mean that's how i spent the last nine years was like restriction diet switches on okay switches off i don't have to do anything um and unfortunately the reality is like i have to do something like i food doesn't have to control my life but i can't just like ignore it and hope that it's all going to work out either yeah. Um, and so just finding that balance that it's not an on and off switch. I feel like there's so much more that I'm just going to, I'll remember as soon as we're done recording this podcast that like, of I course. just can't think of right now. Well, blurt it, blurt it out if you think of it in a minute, but I think to your point with the, the on off switch, I mean, if we were to put this in the context of fitness, I mean, you're doing CrossFit, that'd be like you, you know, doing eight months of CrossFit five days a week and then being like, okay, I'm good. And suddenly then falling back to like, once a week or once every other week right it's like of course if we look at it in terms of fitness we get it but for some reason we don't move that thought over to nutrition a lot of times you know it's just this high intense thing that then goes away um what advice would you give like let's just say if somebody's asking you like your buddy i know you just said he he's hitting this plateau that's a tough tough place to be in but what are some things or words of wisdom that you'd pass on now to pay it forward or that you've learned that you'd pass on? Um, I mean, in his situation in particular, someone that's had success in what is they're doing and they've hit that plateau, I would just say, trust the process. Like, I know it sucks. Like, I know it's hard in the moment. You're like, oh, it's not working anymore. I got to change it up. Well, not necessarily. Like the human body is fascinating and complicated and, crazier than we can actually understand and like maybe your body is just chilling for a week or two and then it's gonna start going again um so i would say trust the process and if you don't have a process like get a process like and that doesn't have to be track and weigh and every single meal that you eat and never eat anything bad or that you have to hire a coach or whatever that is like but you need something like like food is one of the few things where i feel like as americans in life like we just don't have a game plan for like most Mm -hmm. people. I I like to hope that most people have like a monthly budget or at least they understand, like I need to pay bills. Like it doesn't control the way, like the electricity bill doesn't control the way that they live their life, but you have to make a conscious decision that it gets paid or have a plan to set it up so that it gets paid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you do have to have some sort of conscious thought or something to live by of like this is like my relationship with food otherwise good bad or ugly like i've seen it go both ways on the spectrum like if you have an unhealthy relationship with food like it can be very very bad on you both ways Mm -hmm. absolutely and i think uh a great point that you made you know the relationship with food can sometimes even be just a relationship with yourself with food and, and beating yourself up. Like you said, you don't want to put foods in a good or bad context or, or label them. 
Um, but I think when we get into the all or nothing, you know, on off switch mindset or, you know, uh, have these relationships with food, it, it becomes more shame, more guilt, things like that. And, and that can be the rabbit hole that opens up more doors of like, ah, well, forget it. I, I, I suck. I can't do this. You know, it, it's just me. I'm this how I'm going to be, you know, Yeah. versus taking control and love that you use the analogy of the budget. I swear that's like, we all hopefully, like you said, we get finances, we got a yeah. paycheck coming in, we got stuff going out and we got a budget for those. So very, very good analogy with that. Um, what was different about working with Dana or CSF that maybe you didn't expect? Like, what were some things like, oh, wow, this is different than I would have expected? Um, in, in CSF in particular, I would say that she's much more accessible um, than I would have expected. Um, I mean, the yeah, there's the weekly phone call, but like, I can text her pretty much whenever at a reasonable hour um, and she's going to reply. Um, and the accountability goes, even if I don't want to be accountable, like I kind of like, I don't want to say was dodging her, but like, I just didn't schedule a call for a little while. Um, <laughs> and she's like texting me. She's like, I have your phone number. I know where you live. Like, That's hilarious. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I just, I guess I didn't expect to have such, I always joke, like Dana's my best friend that I've never met because I've physically never met her in person, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. though we live 12 miles apart. I've been to her house and picked things up off her porch. Like I know where <laughs> she lives, but I've never physically met her. Um, but uh, we just have this great like relationship that's so much more than just like a you know, especially at this point in the process where a lot of it's just maintaining, I feel like most of our phone calls are just like talking about life, like friends almost. Um, mm -hmm. And so I didn't expect that for sure. So you're kind of in this stage of maintenance now, right? Yeah. And uh, this is like what I always tell people, if you thought getting your goals was hard, right? Maintenance is, is pretty tough. And, and reason being is we're not seeing the day-to-day -day changes. It's like, okay. And, and people start to, instead of being in shock every time they see you, they're like, holy crap, Ryan, look, look at you. That becomes Ryan. You are who you are, right? Yeah. And so it becomes tough, the, the motivation, the drive, things like that. So what are some of the things right now that either maybe, I'd love to hear that what you're struggling with through maintenance and also what you're finding and you're hanging on to, to make sure that you don't lose it. Yeah, I would say the biggest struggle is um, just the motivation to pick and choose better. Like back to the you can have anything, but you can have everything, which I would add to the advice column that I said I was going to forget uh, later. Um, but I was very conscious if I had two or three social events in a week, like, okay, I'm going to enjoy this one, but I'm not, you know, but I'll eat dinner before this one and I'll, you know, order what I, you know, I'll track what I'm going to order at this one, you know, kind of just like having the one a week that like I enjoy myself and don't worry about it and just kind of be in the moment. And then the other two, like I'll make uh, smart choices for. Um, perfect example is like last year. So my birthday is like right around Thanksgiving. It's in a week and a half. And last year I literally like had a food scale. And <laughs> thankfully we were at a friend's house, but you know, I had a food scale at Thanksgiving dinner. Like I chose to, to track Thanksgiving dinner, knowing that two days later I was going to go out for my birthday. And I would, I would have rather, that was my choice. I would have rather 
enjoyed myself on my birthday with my friends at the brewery than you know the thanksgiving dinner and thanksgiving dinner just doesn't really do it for me anyways like all it's not like my kryptonite so Mm -hmm. um you know that is i would say harder in maintenance mode because you don't have this end goal you don't have this end mind um and so that anything but ever not everything creeps slowly and slowly towards everything and you have to be conscious to be like whoa hold on like we're not doing that anymore um so that's been hard um so i hold on to the the kind of what i was talking about before like the the one plate and i'm done um especially if i'm out now i will just try to like not clean the plate just as a conscious effort um and yeah knowing that like all right if i don't eat all of this like i'm gonna go home like there is food at home like i'm not gonna starve tonight if i don't eat the last bite of this burger if i don't eat the last whatever appetizer whatever it may be mm-hmm. um and then so like just remembering kind of not everything that got me here but like most of it like you don't have to do everything you did to to lose the weight but you do have to do a, i would say at least half of it if not a little more to to maintain it um and you have to find you know what maintenance looks like for you and what you want that to be like you know, as proud as I am of the progress photo that's out in the world, like what my life would have been to maintain that level of body fat and that leanness probably isn't for me. Now I haven't gained like a bajillion pounds back or anything, but I think I've settled in somewhere seven to eight pounds over that where I'm not as stressed about food and I enjoy life and I'm not worried about, you know, all that kind of stuff anymore. But there is no progress um and i try not to like live my life near a scale so i probably only step on a scale at this point like once a month just to be like, okay all right like mm-hmm. like your clothes i'll usually tell you if you get too out of control and my clothes haven't yet but i still like to step on the scale just before the clothes are a little tight um but yeah. you know yeah it's been um i'm sure if i had stepped on the scale every day since may like it would have been a nightmare for me because it would have been this wild roller coaster of um, too much sodium one night and a little bloat here and a couple of beers there and then like you know making good choices again and it just would have been this wild roller coaster ride that like emotionally would not have been good for me but the end result you know f- over the course of the four months is pretty flat yeah um, and that's just kind of sticking to the to the big guiding principles of you know you can have anything but you can't have everything um you know don't string two bad days together and and um you know eat until you're eat until like you learn to eat what your body needs and not not Mm -hmm. eat what your your brain or your eyes want yep that's a good one what would you say to ryan starting day one of csf ryan today what would he tell ryan day one uh probably don't take it so so intense (laughs) um yeah uh you know it, it worked obviously but yeah like i said you know i was the dude at thanksgiving dinner with the food scale and i was the dude that like brought my own pre-portioned chicken and broccoli to the super bowl Mm -hmm. party and Mm -hmm. you know i was i you know did you know participate in social gatherings that involve food here and there but for the most part i would say like i ate almost the same thing you know, for the at least, especially in the early days when the when I was really seeing all the progress, and that just kind of keeps me motivated. Like I ate very similar things all the time. Like I was super intense about it, um, and it worked. And I'm not like regretting that, but I think like mentally and emotionally, 
you know, I would just get so frustrated in those plateaus. And I think it was because I was so intense and so focused on it. Um, and so that's not to say to be super laissez-faire, but I think that there's, I think you can have the success still and, and do well without being quite as intense about it as I was. Yeah. Okay. So like, get ready for, don't come out of the block sprinting because by yeah. mile two, you're going to be done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that makes a lot of sense, man. Um, what, uh, that's great advice for beginning, Ryan. What advice would you give to listeners that are maybe going to hear this and they're considering pulling the trigger, maybe hiring a coach, whether it be CSF or not, but what, what would your advice be to them? Um, honestly, I think it's, it's great. Like, like I said, the accountability is the difference maker. Um, but I would tell them, like, make sure that you're ready for that accountability because it's not like, you know, you or Dana are going to fall us around and slap food out of our hands. Like it's not that level of accountability. You have to have that growth mindset. You have to want the accountability. Um, so I would say like, if you're in a position in your life where you think that you want that accountability, um, it will do wonders, but it's not a magic pill. If you're, if you're not honest with yourself about the choices that you make every day and you don't think you're going to be honest with the coach, then like, the greatest coach in the world isn't going to be able to help you um, if you're not going to be able to be honest and, and held accountable with it. Love it. Well, let me ask what's next for you, man. What's on the radar right now, just enjoying yeah. life. I, you know, I, I am still with uh, Dana. I haven't, I haven't uh, stopped my membership. I don't know if I have any plans to, I kind of enjoy, enjoy it. I'm sure at some point, like, she'll get tired of talking to me, but, uh, we haven't gotten there yet. Um, I still have to jump out of an airplane. I still haven't done that yet. That I was, was, I was going to leave, leave that question. I do it, dude. So yeah, let's talk about that. I yeah. know that's got what that's going to happen. Cause I remember when we first had our consultation and that was a goal. It was like skydiving. I got to yeah. be a certain weight for it. So, so yeah. Is that planned? Is that it's, on the I calendar? Mean, it's not on the calendar. Just, just because, you know, like I hit that goal and then like COVID happened and it was like, Oh gosh. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so, and then life happened. And so I have not done it yet. I need to do it. Um, I think probably in the spring, um, but the wife's also doing spring. So I don't know how she feels about me jumping out of an airplane, like right before she's mm -hmm. about to have a baby. Mm -hmm. um, so I, uh, it is still on the agenda. She's still, as of now on board with it. But I think right now it's, it's a little chilly, especially at 10 to 12,000 feet. Um, so I'll yep. probably uh, mm -hmm. hold off to the spring, but it is, this isn't why I haven't done it, but it is kind of a nice, like, all right, Ryan, like you do have to maintain. Cause like, if you let this get away from you, like you won't be able to go skydiving. <laughs> like awesome. you'll have to like go back to like, beginning ryan just to get to the back of the skydiving weight so that's your insurance policy right there yeah yeah it's almost just like keeping me going nice uh man it's been awesome i want to flip it around and see if there were any questions that you had to ask me put me on the spot with any of them i'm open might be a few things i might not answer but uh any questions that you wanted to ask uh I guess my only question, and I, I, maybe it's because the only experience I have is with me and my wife, but like, like how, 
often is this the case where like you're having that the happy conversation at the end versus like for whatever reason it didn't work out and if it didn't work out is it usually like the client didn't want it to or or what's your experience with where people seem that's, to fall short that's a super good question man and I'll, I would say I wish there was a number I could put on it and say, you know, it's, uh, you know, 80%. But the reality is, I think something you just said not too long ago with advice that, that you'd give to somebody that was starting is that you have to be ready for the accountability. <clears throat> and one of the things that's really big with me, I know we talk about this, is, is the integrity as well. And, and integrity is your actions aligning with your words, right? And, uh, I think you got to be ready for that level of integrity as well as is, 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 every week on the call as a coach is all right. You know, we're, we're not dictating what your plan is. Like we're helping you kind of figure out what that is. But once we lock it in and we get off that phone call and we're like, all right, yep, here's the plan for the week. The expectation is we get on the next call that we executed the plan. Right. Yeah. And so there's many different reasons why that can't be the case. You know, it, it, life may throw a monkey wrench in your direction, but, you know, again, that goes to the all or nothing approach. It's like, well, we can, we can dial it back, but, you know, I think to answer your question, yes. Uh, I have been doing this long enough to see that the formula that we've created is fail-proof. If, if you follow it, uh, it's not easy, you know, yeah. and I think that's what people are expecting is, I'm going to pay and get results. And it's not that easy. There, there's work in between. <clears throat> so I wish that every single situation ended up just like this of like amazing results, uh, having a podcast with them and, and spotlighting their success. I'd say it happens way more often than not. Um, but there are those few times out there where they just, they weren't ready as you had said for that accountability, for that level of integrity. And we're looking to, you know, pay to pave the way instead of put the work in. And that's see the interesting. We're, it, it's so crazy because we're actually, you, there was something you mentioned earlier and then it triggered this again when you talked about shame and guilt. Um, and I, I have a small group of guys that just comes over and hangs out at my house on Thursday nights just because it's kind of like, um, it's not like an agenda. There's no like study or anything. Like we just hang out and, and we're real with each other. Um, and we have that integrity and accountability just as men that do life together. Um, and we got on this topic of shame and guilt and, and the, the light bulb moment was that shame and guilt comes from the, the gap between who you are and who you're projecting yourself to be. Um, mm -hmm. And I find that very interesting, even in the context of this, I think people's shame and guilt with food and diet comes from how they how they are projecting that they're like sticking to the diet or sticking to the plan or their relationship with food versus how they actually are. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that mm -hmm. that's what creates that shame and guilt. So I like that integrity. Yeah, because if you're not um, honest with yourself, you're going to create that shame and guilt. And then ultimately, like you're not going to be honest with your coach and um, probably not going to have as much success for sure. Yeah. I think if you're just honest with yourself and, and I, as coaches, we try to do that is set you up for, set yourself up for success. You know, if we get on a call and it's all right, what's our, what are we going to do this week? And you're like, I'm, you know, I'm going to hit the gym five times this week and, you know, I'm going to do this and do this and do this. And if we already know in our head, like I'm saying this, cause I think it's what my coach wants to hear and yeah. it sounds good. 
you know, but we know it's not going to happen. Like, let's not start there. Let's not set the bar at that level. Let's set the bar maybe right where we know we can hit so that when we get on the phone, it's like, man, you feel good. You don't have that shame. You don't have that guilt. You've upheld your own personal integrity. But no, I appreciate the question. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great amount of people that we fortunately get to see reach those goals, but there are a few that, that don't. Mm-hmm. Anything else, man? Anything else that you want that we're curious about? I think everyone at home wants to know what you're benching these days. What I'm benching these days? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. I have not benched in a long time. Let's just say that much. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's, uh, it's tough, man. I've been uh, working out of the garage. I haven't been to insight in a while. I've popped in my head in there a few Saturdays. And, uh, but when you don't have a spotter, I don't think my 12 year old be able to get the weights off of me. I'd I'd be in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, dude, thanks. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, uh, of course. It was a blast. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we'll piece this together and, and get it out there for the world to hear. But thanks again, man. And congratulations on your success. And congratulations on for you and Annie and expecting a baby here in April. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys, this is Adam, head coach at Copper State Fit. If you felt inspired by the show you just heard and you feel like taking it a bit further, we'd like to help. For those of you looking to take baby steps, download our free MyFitnessPal tutorial and macro cheat sheet. Link can be found in the show notes. And for those of you that want to take a little more than a baby step, schedule a free phone consultation with us. We'll answer all your questions and provide you with personalized information. No strings attached, no obligation to buy. But if you do, we'll throw in a bonus. Mention Podcast 49 in your consult notes, and we'll take $49 off your first month. The only wrong decision is indecision, so pick what's right for you. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to speaking with you.